Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good Risings. I'm Jackie. And I'm Brian. And this is Grateful Grains. Happy Monday and welcome back. We're taking a look at the dark side of technological advancements in our week titled Modern Dilemmas, and we're getting it started today with cell phones. In the past 10 years, there's been a lot of talk and a fair amount of studies too on how the devices of our modern age are interacting and changing our comparatively ancient minds. Our daily lives have become something entirely different from those of our evolution. How we developed is simply not how we're living. What our natural physiology is built for is not what it's being subjected to. Like almost all topics in life, there's bad and good. But this week, we're taking a closer look at the bad. With a little bit of extra knowledge, we might be better equipped to give ourselves a much needed break and maybe even create some healthy habits around these world altering advancements. Mitchell Moffat and Gregory Brown of ASAP Science reveal that of the 7 billion people on Earth, roughly 6 billion own a cell phone, which is pretty shocking given that only 4.5 billion have access to a working toilet. So needless to say, these are problems that affect just about everyone, six-sevenths of the human population. Physically, as we look down at our phones, our spine angle is equivalent to that of an eight-year-old child sitting on our neck. That's the force created by the weight of our heads and shoulders at that angle. And it's significant considering the fact that people spend an average of 4.7 hours a day looking at their phone. Combined with the amount of time spent in front of computers, it's led to an increase in the prevalence of myopia, or nearsightedness in North America. Moffat and Brown share that in the 1970s, about a quarter of the population had myopia, where today nearly half do. And in some parts of Asia, 80 to 90% of the population is now nearsighted. A good amount of people are quite literally chemically addicted to their phones. Almost everything on our devices has been gamified from games themselves to dating apps to our social media profiles. It's similar to sitting at a slot machine. When novel experiences are paired with little bursts of dopamine, a compulsion loop is created, which is the same loop responsible for the behaviors associated with nicotine or cocaine. We've covered the circadian rhythm quite a bit here on Grateful Grains, but we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the disruptive power of those screens before bedtime. They emit blue light, which is well known to alter our circadian rhythm, diminishing the time spent in deep sleep. And of course, a chronic lack of sleep is associated with all kinds of ailments, including the development of diabetes, cancer, and obesity. Moffat and Brown summarize, studies have shown that people who read on their smartphone at night have a harder time falling asleep and produce less melatonin, a hormone responsible for the regulation of sleep cycles. Harvard Medical School advises that the last two to three hours before bed be technology-free. That includes watching TV. Blue blocker glasses are also an option. Finally, we have to consider the social implications of these devices. 
Social strategist Rennie Gleason speaks on the rise of a culture of availability, explaining that we're seeing a rise of our availability being driven by mobile device proliferation globally across all social strata. And we're seeing an obligation to that availability, an urgency. And the problem is we're still working through from a societal standpoint on what level we allow ourselves to be available and also what we require of other people an urgency. And the problem is we're still working through from a societal standpoint on what level we allow ourselves to be available and also what we require of other people. Gleason goes on to explain, we find a direct collision between availability and what's possible through availability and a fundamental human need to create shared narratives. We're very good at creating personal narratives, but it's the shared narratives that make us a culture. And when we're standing with someone and we're on our mobile device, effectively what we're saying to them is, you are not as important as literally almost anything that could come to me through this device. By far and wide, most people are fulfilling that need for shared narratives primarily through their phones rather than in person. One is easier than the other, more immediate. But personal connection in person is real. It's tangible. We're all tempted when we're out socially at a restaurant or bar with a group of friends, one-on-one or even a date, to turn to check our phones. These distractions remove us from the current setting on one level or another. They stop us from remaining engaged. Our level of interest is swaying between reality and the world within our phones. Mitchell Moffat and Gregory Brown of ASAP Science explain that our brains are hardwired to make us novelty-seeking. And this is why apps on our phones are designed to constantly provide us with new content, making them hard to put down. As a result, 93% of young people aged 18 to 29 report using their smartphones as a tool to avoid boredom, as opposed to other activities such as reading books or engaging with people around them. This has created the new term nomophobia, the fear or anxiety of being without our phone. There's no denying that phones are changing us, likely in ways we've only just begun to imagine. But limiting our access to phones, limiting our phones' access to us, taking daily breaks from availability, and relying on in-person engagement to fulfill our needs for community are all ways to mitigate the worst of the effects. Thanks so much for joining us on Grateful Grains. You can find us on Instagram at Good Risings, or you can find me at B McMuffin. And you can find me at Jacqueline M. Wood underscore one. We'll be back again tomorrow for day two of our week, Modern Dilemma. Until then, remember, a better tomorrow starts with today. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.